This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I am Eric O'Branson, and with me as always, my friend and co-host, Joe Peterson. How's it going, Joe? Hey, everybody. Eric, how's it going? Good, good. I'm uh, getting uh, ready to move, actually, so I'm no longer going to be based in Chicago, Illinois. We're actually moving out to the suburbs. I will be broadcasting to you guys from Crystal Lake, Illinois, as of probably the next time we record. Um... If not, definitely the time after that. But um, long story short, I've been uh, spending the past few days starting to put everything into boxes because we're going to be moving in like uh, just a little over a week. Did you? Did you? Were you guys able to find somebody with a truck? Because I know when moving, that's like the most important thing to do is find somebody with a truck. <laughs> we we did, yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. No, we uh, we actually. I don't think I would ever go back to doing it the other way, but like we hire, we're hiring movers again. And I think we've done that the past couple of times we've moved and man, is that like, it, it makes it worth the little bit of additional cost that it it is trying trying to like hit up all your relatives and friends to come and help you lift your couch and all that stuff. Um, and trying to collect enough vehicles to get all your stuff into Mm -hmm. definitely, um, recommend, uh, using movers unless you're just moving a couple things i mean that's you know if yeah. all you have is a couch and a tv and then yeah. well and, it, and it's one thing get your buddies but yeah and it's one thing too if you're if you're moving to like a new place in the same city or the same town then you can do it like you know a little bit over a few days and then like do the big stuff like the right. beds and all that in, in a single day um those are still long days but god i remember in college you know in college i think people tend to move a lot in college you know you're in in or, in or oh, yeah. out of the dorms or you're changing apartments or something and i never had a truck but you'll remember i had a that jeep cherokee um which had mm-hmm. a fairly good cargo space in it so i was the quote-unquote guy with the truck for a lot of people that moved <laughs> but <laughs> right. you know usually supplied beer and pizza so i couldn't complain too much you know yeah yeah i mean that's usually the 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 standard form of payment for moving or helping somebody move is beer and pizza i think that's the currency that are traded i'm surprised you can't pay like moving companies in beer and pizza honestly, i know so. i think it'd be a much more pleasant experience <laughs> for everybody involved but yeah i, I don't know i i think at this yeah, point I, mean, I have no I desire have to move again <laughs> of short films and beer and pizza so <laughs> that's true that's true i mean i don't know we we moved into our house oh gosh probably about eight years ago now seven and a half eight years ago and i mm-hmm. have no desire to pick up and do that anytime soon again just because it was for a while there it was like every couple of years moving 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 yeah i'm hoping this is that time for us like where we can actually like stay put for a while so i think we've moved my wife Corey and i were talking about it and um since we've lived together i think we counted that we have moved eight times something like that oh wow different i'm counting in my head but yeah so that's a lot of moving and um you know it's it's been quite a while now since we moved in together like well over a decade but um it's still a lot of moving so well congrats on once again on the new place i think that's awesome and uh and my other question i do have to ask this you know you're moving to crystal lake illinois tell me they do have a camp somewhere i'm sure hoping so i'm gonna go find it and if not i'm starting it now just kidding (laughs) (laughs) yeah intentionally run down cabins you know how big of a tourist attraction you could actually do if you just built a like you know intentionally cloned camp crystal lake from the the, you know friday the 13th films well i i did just read the other day that the gas station from the original toby hooper texas chainsaw massacre is open and it's there's a, a little motel in the back of it and they they they've opened it to the public again and they invite people out and yes this is where they film texas chainsaw massacre they've got some memorabilia and stuff but they they don't try to like make it a creepy thing they want it to be a family friendly place that oh yeah you know 
bring the kids. This is where we shot. Tell the me they, they still sell barbecue there, right? I hope so. <laughs> I think they do. I think they have worked that in, but yeah, I'm not 100% certain. But I'm thinking, yeah, I might want to take a trip this summer because that would be really cool. They said they do like outdoor movie nights. I'm like, you got to show Chainsaw Massacre. You got to. <laughs> you would think yeah. so. But... I, yeah, I mean, it's shit. What a missed opportunity if they don't. That's like I've read about places that'll do movie nights outside and uh, over like a lake, like those big inflatable floating oh, screens. Right. Yep, and you have to get in a raft to go watch the movie, and they show Jaws. That would actually, I mean, very few of these gimmicks I think would ever bug me. That one might be a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, like I don't points, even like but, swimming yeah. in a pool after I watch fun. Jaws every year. It's just like uh, <laughs> either Jaws or Alligator. I just I have that weird thing about swimming pools after that <laughs> for a while. Well, to tonight we actually have a little bit different flavor. We're talking horror movies already, but. We're actually not uh, talking about horror movies for a change here on the um, Video Junkyard podcast. And, in fact, it's going to be something I don't know if we've even touched. Have we we done any comedies yet? Any... Um. yeah, I think we'll, we've comedy genre films. We've certainly done things that are funny or like comedy, you know, horror comedies um, before. But yeah, I mean, we did like you know, Drop Dead Fred and a couple other things like that. And, oh right, and we, some we kind of I was kind of lumping that into family films, but now I think that fits. Yeah, you know, and so. I don't know, Buckaroo Banzai. I wouldn't call it a comedy. It's definitely an off the wall sci fi film, but has some comedic elements to it. Mm-hmm. But no, I think these are our first straight up like I wouldn't say family friendly, but not bad um you know but but uh, yeah straight up comedies um yeah so tonight you were gonna treat you to talking about a couple of i guess are what are old enough to be called classics now from starring the late great chris yeah. farley and um pretty much if you were growing up when we were growing up you were a fan of this guy right I mean, oh yeah nobody didn't hear chris farley or nobody didn't know chris farley nobody didn't have their own impression of you know um, Van Down by the River guy, yeah, Matt Nick Foley. Foley. <laughs> Matt Foley. Uh, yeah, um, his Saturday Night Live characters, or you know, some of his characters from film. Nobody hadn't seen Tommy Boy. I mean, and this oh, is, that's still a classic. Yeah, big, big moments in our in our childhood, right? So, um, I think it just—I don't remember um, what date it was, but I know we were recording something on the anniversary of his death, but just recently passed us here. So yeah, this is kind of a late celebration of the the life and work of Chris Farley. Um, we decided not to go with, I know I just mentioned Tommy Boy, yeah. but not to go ahead and not cover Tommy Boy, just because it's kind of the one that I think everybody's the most familiar with. And right. It's probably, arguably, his best work as well, or his best, complete best film um, that he was in. It probably is my favorite of his, but um, we'll talk about a little more of one of the ones we're going to talk to about tonight is actually a contender yeah uh kind of a less popular choice or a well and, know, and controversial opinion as they like to call it on the social medias these days but. yeah and i think the you know you mentioned tommy boy and yeah the, the what the main reason i think like you said we're not going to be covering that one is because everybody remembers it you know we, we try to do films on here that people have kind of forgotten about and i think that's that is his biggest film and i think for a good reason i mean when i was watching the two Chris Farley movies that we're going to discuss tonight, um, which I think both are available on Stars or Amazon Prime. Uh, Tommy Boy was also on, so I went ahead and threw that one too, because it's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's still funny, and I've shown it to my kids, and they think it's funny. You know, My, mm-hmm. my daughter goes up to my son and says brothers don't shake hands you got a hug you know and it's just you know that there's there's i find it's 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 worked its way into my lexicon of movies i randomly quote and don't even think about it it's just worked into my goes up there with all of those classic comedies like growing up like essentially the the original school of saturday night live comedies or or you know those um your caddyshack uh national lampoon's vacation yeah um wayne's world animal house you know the the uh, yeah, and that Wayne's World is kind of contemporary to mm-hmm. to Tommy Boy as well, but um, that's a great one as well. So all of those in my mind are like the classic comedies from when I was a kid that I remember seeing and having an effect on me, and movies that I still find to be very funny and remain funny as many times as you you watch them. They're just like um, 
classics, I guess. I guess that's the best word to describe something like that that you can spend time with over and over again and still get a kick out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the first one, so yeah, though, I a, mean, the, the first one here that we're going to watch is, yeah, so not Tommy Boy, but actually there's quite a, a connection here between these two, uh, <laughs> is the 1996 film directed by uh, Penelope Spiris, Black Sheep. Al Donnelly might just be the next governor of Washington State. All the way to the Capitol! There's only one small problem. His brother, Mike. What the hell is a marquee doing here? His heart is in the right place. Unfortunately, the rest of him never is. Under wraps. So now they have to find someone. Then I am your man. To keep him under control. Okay, good first day. I want you to do exactly as I tell you. Yeah, okay, keep talking. I know a place way outside of town. Bunk beds. I got dibs on tap. <laughs> okay. I got dibs on top, bug. Shut up! So what do you want to do today? No, 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 What's that black thing? Whoa! Ah! What are you doing? Ah! Give these guns my belt! Boy, I feel like a horse's patoot. Paramount Pictures presents... Are you or are you not the black angel of death? Chris Farley. Power to the people! God, I'm a dead man. David Spade. Hey, gang. Is there an open convention in town? The nitrous oxide's leaking into the car. <laughs> in a new comedy from the director of Wayne's World. Check this out. This whole fridge is held up here just by this plug. <laughs> Black sheep. You okay? I'm just dandy. I got a bowl of chocolate pudding in my underpants. We didn't have any pudding in there, buddy. There's one in every family. Yep, and this was, a, I think, a pretty close follow-up to Tommy Boy, kind of trying to get lightning to strike twice. Yeah. But, um, if you guys don't remember Black Sheep, here's a quick synopsis. It's Meet Mike Donnelly. He's one lovable, hilarious accident waiting to happen, dedicated to helping his big brother, Al, win the race for Washington State's state governor. He turns every opportunity for votes into an embarrassing disaster. Campaign aide and super sucker Steve Dodds volunteers to babysit Mike. Big mistake. When Mike discovers that the incumbent governor is a crook, he dives headfirst into a whole new level of well-intended destruction. So... Obviously, I, I didn't say who who played who, but uh, it's probably yeah. pretty obvious that um, <laughs> you know the uh, well-meaning but bumbling brother of the candidate is played by Chris Farley, and the uh, you know suck-up aide uh, is played by David Spade. Um, yeah, I, I, Black Sheep is. I remember this movie coming out because I was already familiar with Tommy Boy when this came out when it was brand new. Um, I think Marvel Comics, or maybe all comics, ran a bunch of advertising for this movie too, because the the like image from the the movie poster and even the front of the DVD box, like that original um, image, is kind of burned into my brain. It was on like everything for a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, when there. he's all wrapped up um, in the, again, the coming flag of, thing falling, and yeah, 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 and again coming off of like the massive success that Tommy Boy was, um, this movie essentially and i feel like this is where it, its biggest failings are is that it, it doesn't really try to do much except kind of continue that exact kind of uh feeling even the characters are somewhat similar to the characters that the, that the actors played in tommy boy yeah um so that doesn't mean it's totally without its you know moments of being funny but it, I do think it's kind of a, it's a bit of a failed attempt to you know make lightning strike twice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, I think they're really relying on the whole straight man versus kind of bumbling screwball. You know, this is kind of the mid '90s version of you know Martin and Lewis in a way. They were really trying to establish yeah. a, a series of films with these two guys. 
Uh, and, and, you know, David, one thing I did notice about having watched Tommy Boy recently, too, is David Spade's character isn't quite as cantankerous in this. Um, and it, I think because I've seen Tommy Boy so often and so, so many times that it was a little surprising when David Spade's actually a little bit nicer to him in this compared yeah, to Tommy yeah, Boy, where it was a little, it was almost off-putting because I'm just used to like the, the, the nastiness of that character in, in Tommy Boy, which worked really, really well. But I wonder if they were aiming it a little bit softer in this one because they didn't want to make it too vicious. You know, they, they got both, both films. I think they did work together, but in both films, they, these two do work really, really well together. Um, it's, it's a real shame. And I wonder how many times we're both going to be saying this tonight. Uh, you know that that Farley mm-hmm. passed away so so young um, because I think these two probably they probably would have gone on to do more films together. I think they probably I would assume would've. so. Yeah, I mean, because I, I think not only do they have do they have such a good act together, you know, the straight man and um, Chris Farley being you know whatever the opposite of the straight man is, but <laughs> um, they. They not only did they have the characters, but I believe in they actually got along really well. Like they had a pretty yeah. close friendship in real life um, well, as well. So I believe that they would have gone on to do yeah plenty more stuff together. You know, and and I know the the reviews for this movie were pretty mixed to bad. Um, you know, I think everybody kind of noticed. Oh, this is you know, take another crack at, at seeing if you know we can get the same success from Tommy Boy uh, out of this. Yeah, but one thing that actually kind of struck me. Again, I, re- I remember going and seeing this in the theater, um, and it was just, yeah, Chris Farley doing silly shit. It was funny, you know, you're a kid, you walk out of it, and as long mm-hmm. as the guy fell down and did something stupid, you laughed. But watching this now, uh, I, I was kind of impressed a bit with this basic story of you've, you've got a guy running, who's like a good guy running for office, and he's a very yeah, lovable character by, by Tim, 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 yeah, Matheson, by Tim Matheson. And movie, he's, by the way, which we called him out in an earlier episode for never playing anybody but douchebags. Yeah, in, and in this in one movies. he actually... And this is an example of where we were very wrong, because his character in this movie actually is a pretty good guy. Like, yeah, like willing to put... You know, he's trying to become governor, but he's willing to put family before career and everything. You know, it's really a good character. Um, but then he's got this real lovable but problematic sibling right and it was they even mentioned this in the movie there's one in there and it's the tagline of the film there's one in every family but think of you know there was billy carter and you know barack obama's brother and all this stuff the, i think most of the people associated with the bush family <laughs> you know there's everybody's got like that embarrassment right. you know all these politicians do um so this is a film that i can see how it got written it it it's actually a a story that that I could see this being made with Chris Farley. This so what I'm trying to say is that I don't think the story was specifically a okay. What what other silly situation can we put Chris Farley in? It felt like it actually. This is a yeah. this is a movie that could be remade. Like... This could be a good story to tell elsewhere. That elsewhere that there is there's something here to to say about like the 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 black sheep of the political families. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, I mean, it probably was a a script from concept that was a little bit different. What I feel like is potentially happened, and I don't have any evidence of this, but is that the Tommy Boy movie was so big that they took this, this script that they already had, this comedy, and said, hey, we need, we can, um, fit these characters, you know, this, you know, basically Chris Farley and David Spade kind of were characters at that point. Everything they did, you know, beyond... Tommy Boy ended up being that was the characters they were playing, and, and David Spade's gone on to kind of play that character in, in many other things, um, even after Chris Farley's death. But um, yeah, it kind of feels like maybe they just kind of fit these characters into a story that kind of already existed or a script that already existed. Like, I'm not sure David Spade's character would have been in that script initially but maybe they would have yeah and i agree Um, it feels like that it feels like this is a movie that you know was probably written and then they they shoehorn these guys in there but uh fred fred wolf who wrote it um said that the studio told him to just finish a script and give it to us so actually they hired him to write this as another chris farley um 
Okay. But yeah. but you're right. It it feels like this is something, and it's funny because I don't think, uh, from what I've read in interviews, I don't think uh, Farley was a big fan of it. Yeah, no, I, I I don't think any. Well, I shouldn't say anybody. Obviously, somebody out there was a fan of it, but I think everyone was a little disappointed by it, and I think that's maybe because they knew that the studio were just kind of quickly trying to pump something out that was essentially Tommy Boy 2 without being Tommy Boy 2, mm. right? So, um, to get those two characters, or those two actors, to play those two characters in another story, but basically just get Chris Farley and David Spade in there so David Spade can be, you know, a sarcastic little asshole or whatever, and Chris Farley can fall down and be loud and do his thing, and, and that's... Uh, it's making it. It's making it sound like I don't. I don't necessarily like. I, I actually like their, their act or the you know what they do with each other a lot. Um, I don't think it's fantastic in this movie. I think this movie feels often feels like it's exactly that. Like it's a quick money grab at hey we had a huge hit let's try to, you know recreate that and it just feels a little tired and it's also kind of. I don't know. It's kind of like very very tame and safe movie even in a way yeah. that like I, Tommy Boy's got a very kind of almost wholesomeness to it which is one of its appeals to me mm-hmm. honestly um, and you won't often hear me say that about movies but um, but it, it does it as like this kind of like classic Hollywood wholesomeness to it even though it's it, you know it's a bit of a juvenile comedy at the same time this one goes even further with that I think like the, its main characters are like almost like saccharine like grossly wholesome <laughs> like uh there's no like real real world anything in i don't know any in the characters and i feel like tommy boy did have real characters and that's one of the reasons it was good and this is just kind of people pasted into their yeah. their roles um like the whole i don't know like they, they use things to characterize mike donnelly uh in the movie which is chris farley's character like you know his whole the whole like touching story about him you know, teaching football to the orphan kid, but then they totally abandon that um, storyline. It's got nothing to do with the rest of the movie. It's literally just there to be like, oh, look, see, he's a really good guy, even though he yells and screams and does this thing. And um, so it's, I don't know if lazy is the right word from a writing standpoint. Yeah, I can but, see what you mean. I uh, mean, I I think you're right. They really did play it safe here. One, one thing that's that just a little different about the characterization, the Mike Donnelly character compared to tommy callahan is um he's not as as dumb in this one you know the tommy callahan character really is like the bumbling idiot you know like the whole you know i'm not going to spend the whole episode quoting tommy boy but you know he's he gets a like a d minus or something or d plus in a class and he's like (laughs) i passed you know yay and you know he's he's really not he's not very bright but in this one you get that he's he's clumsy but he he's pretty smart. I mean, he's the one that really kind of cracks the big, you know, mystery reveal about the you know the, the crooked governor in this one. He's the one that actually figures yeah, it out, which is shoved all into the last twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah. But well, and I think we should um, also mention that this also has a great character though, played by Gary Busey, the great Gary Busey. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> one of my notes is uh, this is pretty pretty meta to have Gary Busey star as himself. But, yeah, um, that's kind uh, of one of my things. I, I always try to do that when I watch a movie. Because is... he's playing this crazy survivalist, you know, Vietnam vet that lives out in the woods and, you know, urban, or, or sorry, rural Washington. Yeah, I have to and, wonder. Uh, like, yeah, it's, he's he's really stretching yeah, there. You know, I, like, I have but... to wonder when they were, and this is, I do this for a number of films too, when there's a character that is just too perfect. It was like, all right, so are they shooting black sheep and they just caught, kept seeing Gary Busey wandering around in the woods, and they're like, "Well, I guess he's in the movie now. He's in all of our shots. <laughs> Write him in." <laughs> yeah. Hey, David, Chris, go sneak into Busey's bus and see what, <laughs> see what he's doing. <laughs> we'll work it into the story. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I noticed that in a couple yeah. of films in the uh, Steven Spielberg uh, version of War of the Worlds, Tim Robbins' character. That's exactly how I felt about it. Is oh, they just found Tim Robbins on a Tuesday and decided to shoot him for the movie. <laughs> right. You know, but yeah. Uh, do you have any favorite parts of this, this one, movie? Though? It's it's not without a couple. I mean, it's got a couple of moments. Um, 
but generally I feel like everything that worked really well in Tommy Boy doesn't really work in this movie. Like, a lot of the physical gags aren't really funny. It's actually kind of boring. Um, I do, there's a bit when he fall like the falling down the hill gag, which they're going to repeat almost verbatim in the next movie we talk yeah. about. But, um, it, it, that's kind of funny. Um, the scene with the nitrous yeah. in the, in the police car is, has always been kind of yeah, funny to that's me. That's always been my favorite scene um, of the movie. Yeah. And that's the one that actually got, you know, got me chuckling again. In general, this is not a very funny movie. There's a lot of misses, um, here more than there are hits. Uh, I love the fact that, um, you know, the, uh, criminally underrated nineties band mud honey is in this movie. Um, yeah, they, they actually have some speaking lines and makes them look really Oh, bad, the concert actually, scene is pretty good. You know, <laughs> you got to fight for yeah. your right to vote. I have a dream and everybody just keeps shouting and then kill whitey. <laughs> kill whitey. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, so there, there's a couple moments. There's actually the, the, the climax of the film. There's some funny moments as well, but uh, too few and far between. It's It doesn't have, like, the, I don't know, something about the... I think it, kind of what you were talking about is what hurt Mike Donnelly as a character or Black Sheep as a movie is that the character just doesn't develop. I mean, Tommy Callahan, you know, he, he very obviously, in the beginning of that film, is a bit of an idiot, and he really grows up and becomes his own yeah. man in the movie. That's what it's all about, yeah. right? Um, yeah, and, you know, even comedies have to have a story. We talked about that last week in our Razzies episode, what happens when you just go on nothing. And uh, this one, obviously, isn't that bad, but it's it's not great either. Like, I feel like it is just kind of a rehash, and even though it's got a couple of good moments in general, the movie's not great. Right. And it's kind of disappointing because, like, the talent. There's a very talented cast, and um, director Penelope Spheris directed some other really great comedies, including Wayne's yeah. World, and um, some great docu music documentaries as well. And you, honestly, you would think something coming out of her would feel a little edgier, or, or you know, at least I don't know. This is this is pretty pretty uh, stylistically boring, and the jokes just don't work the slapstick stuff's kind of boring and just rehash um i don't know it's nothing against anyone who's in it it's just uh and i remember this isn't just like a you know i i loved it then and i'm watching it now and saying all this stuff i remember not liking this one that much when i was younger either and i yeah i love the 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 nitrous scene i mean that's really still the best yeah. scene in the movie so, um, yeah i mean the, yeah. i i agree i think it, even as a kid, this one didn't have a big, strong impact on me. I remember going to see it in the theaters and laughing at a couple of scenes. I've always remembered it for those few scenes and the basic concept of the movie. But So I can't say it was completely forgettable, for me at least. But yeah. it always felt like a, you know, they're, they're trying to do Tommy Boy again. It was pretty obvious. Um, you know, I don't think it was even a secret at all to anybody. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, there's a, this one is one of those that, you know, we, the whole purpose of doing these kind of, of, of movies for the podcast is the ones that people have kind of more or less forgotten or don't take the time to revisit. And I think this one, there's a reason why, because it's, if you, if you have a yeah. choice between this and Tommy Boy, take Tommy Boy. It's just a better film. Every time. Every time. But no, this one's, it's got some scenes. Busey's, Busey's amusing in it. Uh, if you want to see Tim Mathis and not be a douchebag, it's a good movie for that. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's Chris Farley. You know, he'll, there's some good stuff there, but overall it's the inferior yeah. of the two. I mean, it, it's a talented cast and it's, it's competently, it's watchable. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's not, it, it pales in comparison to pretty much everything else Chris Farley did on screen. <laughs> um, I'm not necessarily talking about his television work. I mean, we all know Saturday Night Live, even back in the heyday, was was a little hit and miss. Yeah. So, um, they, but compared to the other films he starred in, I, to me, this one is probably my least favorite of those. Although we were just talking about off air, um, I think mm -hmm. before the before I started recording, that Beverly Hills Ninja is one that I don't have a lot of memory, and you said you don't think you've ever even seen it, so. Um, yeah, maybe I'll revisit that someday and see see what. Yeah, I think, that might but... be a good one. Yeah, I don't. I know I've never seen that one. It, I remember it played at the movie theater I worked at, and I never watched it. <laughs> so yeah, but so. so if you had to give this one a grade, what do you think? 
this one and i think a lot of people that have a love you know a love for all things chris farley from when we were growing up in their hearts are gonna gonna be a little upset but I, this one's a c minus for me i think it's 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 not awful but it's certainly not that great either like i just don't think many of the laughs connect like the jokes just aren't as good it reeks the whole movie reeks of let's make money off of tommy boy again um yeah it's just it's not great it's a fail it's not like a so terrible i want to rip my eyes out or anything it's it's to, it's totally watchable and it's got some funny moments but in general not anything that i feel is crucial or that i would recommend anybody see because you could pretty much watch any other chris farley movie and get a little more out of it well i guess I, my, my other my, my next question though is how much of your grade is influenced now that you've seen holmes and watson <laughs> Fact that um, that was so bad, it makes not... the worst movies look better. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. I think I'm, I'm being pretty fair to this. I think I would always have given this about that because it's not, it's not awful. I'm not going to give it an F. It's, it's, it did make me laugh at points, and it still does. I mean, it's got some legitimately funny stuff in it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think that's a good solid grade, and I'm, you know, I don't think that's just because I had to sit through like one of my least favorite comedies i've ever seen <laughs> recently so. right i i you know my my review is pretty my grade for it is pretty similar i give it like a solid c it's got a few parts that are memorable and it's it's neat to it's nice to see those two you know, chris farley and david spade after tommy boy working together and they still have chemistry uh you know they still work together on screen uh work well on screen together but ultimately the movie's just kind of the inferior one it's just not as funny um like you said, the gags, they don't land very well. So, yeah, I'll give this one just a basic C. Now, the next one, though, <laughs> the next one, though, is a different story. Right. And the next one is one that I feel we're going to be in, like, um, controversial opinion era, area here because the next one is the one that I mentioned earlier in the show is a contender for my all-time, with Tommy Boy, for my all-time favorite of Chris Farley's starring roles. And that is the 1998 Christopher Guest-directed film, Almost Heroes. Men, we're about to embark on an unprecedented adventure to the great Northwest. Now get in the boat! It's a journey through uncharted wilderness. Oh, oh. Tell the men what they might expect to encounter. Once there was a hawk. <laughs> Pluck the man's eyeballs out of his sockets. Fear will be our breakfast. Don't take her. Take me instead. Put your hands on your hips. No, I think I'll still keep the woman. It's an undertaking of epic proportion. Well, the hair cut in a shave. By the way, uh, you smell like something that's been passed through the system of a sick old woman. Maybe I'll have a bath, too, then. It's the first great American road trip. We got a niece! You are surrounded by an army of Indian braves. They got names like Soaring Eagle. And others, too. Maybe if we wait a couple hours, they'll die of old age. <laughs> They're almost famous. I'd love to have you alone for just two minutes. Ah, my hair is getting to you, isn't it? They're almost legends. I hope Satan himself burns the flesh from your miserable bones! Chris Farley. Good God, lady. Matthew Perry. Great things are in store for us. They're almost... And this is for your own good. Heroes. Blazing a trail to a theater near you. Now this should dull your senses. Upon its release was almost universally loathed by everyone. <laughs> I mean, to the point where I was reading reviews, this sounds like a Holmes and Watson, right? Like, it's not only is it a historical comedy with contemporary actors, it's like, essentially, the reason I'm going to bring up that terrible film again, which we... we are unfortunately going to have to all the time now because it's a low water mark for us. But um, it is actually extremely comparable to that movie because it's it's very similar to that movie in a lot of ways, except that this one's actually funny. Yeah, I think but, so. <laughs> um, yeah, it apparently 
that's an unpopular opinion. Like this is a very un like unloved film that was yeah. pretty quickly forgotten. I think um, even among Christopher Guest's films, like you know who went on to make many very successful comedies in the late nineties and early yeah. Well, 2000s. I mean, it's not the it's not the fake documentary um, style that he's known for. Um, you know, which, which really kind of started with like right. you know the him being in Spinal Tap. Um, you know, it's not like Best in Show. It's not like Mighty Wind. It's not like Waiting for Guffman. Uh, it's it's it, to me this is like your quintessential kind of forgettable weekend flash in the pan '90s comedy. But there are some legitimately great gags in this. That and there's some great jokes in this. I think that this movie is so underrated, and I don't really understand why. I'm not okay, and I'm not. Don't get me wrong. This is not a perfect movie <laughs> by any means, um, but there is so much good here. I I actually my theory, and I'm sure people would argue with me, but my theory is that this might have been a little bit just not the right tone for the time, especially compared to other Chris Farley movies and uh, Matthew Perry, who plays the other lead in the movie. Um, just not what they're the the audience going to see those actors you know because they were fans of those actors not just this was not what they were looking for like a historical comedy um you know loosely based on the lewis and clark expedition and um well by the way really quick synopsis it's a one sentence synopsis from imdb um almost heroes is a road comedy about two guys whose mission is to beat lewis and clark so that's all they have to say about it but mm -hmm. essentially that's yeah. all it is about uh, a, another expedition who wants to get to the Pacific before Lewis and Clark and um, um, I forget what's Matthew Perry's character's name, but Bar yeah, Leslie Edwards, Bartholomew Hunt, I know in this movie who is a tracker, and yeah, Leslie Edwards played by Matthew Perry, who's actually pretty good in this movie. I'm, I manages to be fairly funny. He's he's a hit or miss actor for sure <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, I actually find him to be a, a good lead and plays the kind of snobby aristocrat, you know, yeah. upper crust. Um, yeah, and then yeah, Chris Farr. I mean, I, I actually think they work pretty well together. Um, not it's not the perfect David Spade Chris Farley playing off each other in every way um, that that we would you know get in something like that. But also, David Spade wouldn't have been appropriate for this role, I don't think either. So no, and and Farley's playing a really different character in this. I mean, it's still the you know slapstick bumbling guy, but he's this kind of mountain man tracker, mm -hmm. very you know tough and and confident in in many in many ways. But he's also playing up some of the. It's almost like they took some of the the. Uh, supporting characters or cameo characters that he's played in other movies such as you know, billy madison or dirty work <laughs> and they kind of combine those into let's do a whole movie of him being that kind of guy you know he's he's a bit i don't want to say aggressive but he's a little bit more you know there's a little bit more machismo there and um yeah. one thing i noticed upon rewatching this for for the show is and this is a sad thing to say is Farley's looking rough in this, and it's not. I the wrote makeup. that down, and this is this is a year and a half after Black Sheep, right? So I watched the we watched these two, you know, together to prepare for the show, yeah. and he looks so much worse than he did in Black Sheep. Like, I, yeah. not only has he put on weight, but he just looks not healthy anymore. Like, um, yeah, I mean, it's sad. You you kind of see that him just kind of degrading the decline yeah, coming, yeah. And, it's, yeah. and so quickly too. I mean, that that's the kind of change you would see in you know somebody aging over 10, 15 years in you know, more, more in most people, and it happened to him in a year and a half. So obviously he was not being kind to himself. But, right. Um, yeah. And, and that that was an unfortunate thing. And I'll be honest, it it did detract a bit considering everything. It did detract a bit from my enjoyment, but not much. I mean, because he really is doing some funny stuff here. It, this movie is not smart. This movie, it's not, it's not like, well, and actually oh, we're going to do a political comedy <laughs> to, or to be totally the opposite. Know. I was going to go there with what okay. I was saying, like the audience, maybe not looking for historical comedies. I was going to say, maybe it is a little, it was a little bit too smart for, um, it's time. And not that it's, it's, 
not that it's cerebral in any way it's comedy still comes from pretty pretty basic <laughs> um you know places i it, it it just it has such such a good ensemble cast which supposedly got diminished when they hired chris farley because they wanted to get chris farley in every scene essentially because he was the big star um supposedly the script has even more like it's a little more of an ensemble movie like the other characters um which eugene levy plays a great um mm. character in this a french fur trapper <laughs> named Guy <The> Fontenot. <laughs> and like yeah um, and uh i don't know it, it's, got, it's got a good uh really great supporting cast and just I don't know. I think it's got like a lot of really funny, memorable moments, and I don't know. I liked it. It was a favorite of mine growing up, and I still, you know, I don't think I would any longer put this on a favorite movies list. Like I might have at one point, um, but it certainly still makes me laugh like <laughs> quite a bit, like a lot more than Black Sheep did for sure. Um, yeah, but... there's a there's a lot more quotable lines in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, on more than one occasion, I have, and, and I'll do it to people who have no idea what I'm talking about, just because I don't know. I find that amusing. To, only like one in ten you know? people have seen this movie because nobody cared about right. it. Right, it just kind of disappeared. And um, other than it, and being I, I know Farley's I've said this last a... screen performance. Like I don't think many people remember. Yeah, almost heroes at all. No, I don't think so. I've I've brought this movie up to people, and they they don't know what i'm talking about so you know but yeah i mean i've i've pulled especially out in the field when we you know when i'm out in the desert on a dig or something we have to pay attention to the weather i have on more than one occasion so you know what they say white water in the morning that's it yeah that's (laughs) it and you get weird looks and i'm like ah you need to watch almost heroes and or if you're you're naming things you ever named anything pittsburgh nelly (laughs) yeah After the well shore, yeah, they do that's... things with her good arm that make you forget about the thing on her neck. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's lines like that. You know, it's the whole gag with with Bedwig losing his ear and everything oh else. God, like yeah. this guy him, just him keeps just falling apart. A character that I I, I got to remember that a lot of people aren't familiar with this movie, so I should just not randomly quote stuff. But yeah, there's a character. Yeah. Um, would you say is it Bedwig? Is that his name? Um, yeah, that is uh, constantly kind of beat up on. So anything that could happen, bad that could happen, happens to him. He's mauled by a bear. He's shot by arrows. He's shot by a gun. He loses his limbs and his ear and his. Um... But yeah, he just the him getting his ass kicked by literally everything is is funny because he's this very kind of like shy and sheepish character. And um... but yeah, then the other character. Um... Oh my god, I should write down on things uh what is his name which one? Oh, pratt <laughs> pratt pratt yeah oh, the old the guy, guy yeah. yeah the old guy who carries the guy's ear uh bidwell's ear around talking into it <laughs> yeah like a walkie-talkie yeah well and then of course like the at least in our house i mean because sarah and i actually we we bought this a DVD of it on Amazon maybe a year and a half mm-hmm. ago because we just got talking about it one day. We're like, God, I, I and we found it for like five dollars, mm-hmm. so we we bought it and we tried showing it to to our daughter because it's slapstick comedy. There's really not much in there that I would have to tell her to cover her eyes or anything. Yeah, but not really. There's one scene. Just the with scene we were we were but... really. And that's it. Yeah, the, the the scene that we were really revving up for because we just wanted to see it again was, of course, when they're sitting around the campfire that first night telling stories, <laughs> oh, yeah. and the guy stands up to tell a story about him and his brother. And see, I actually like cracking up just thinking still, about parts from this movie. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, we we still crack up at that, and our daughter's like, "What the hell is going on? <laughs> why it's, is this funny?" Yeah, uh, there are like people yeah. my it, age, it, like contemporaries of of ours, that would probably have the same reaction to like why do you like this movie because it's it's awful but i don't know it's something about it well I, I think i i love this one for the same reason that i like cannibal the musical from oh, Matt God, Stone yeah. and Trey parker the trauma film yeah yep. because it's this it's the, it's very it has very similar you know if that's a lower budget of course but some similar kind of gags you know some stuff that is definitely um you know anachronistic and it just doesn't doesn't work in the time that it's set but they're doing it anyway there's some there's the scene in this one where you know he with the eagle egg (laughs) yeah and you know the look on his face 
Every time the eagle paws. <laughs> it, it, the movie's ridiculous. It is. The movie's really it's ridiculous. It's a silly movie. The effects it's, are bad. It's a very silly movie. It's but almost, it's, and it's not, it's not smart like this, So, but it's almost got some of the same... Um, I don't know. I don't want to compare it to Monty Python, because that's not right. Because it's not... That's very cerebral humor. That's very, like, smart humor. Yeah. And smart, but extremely silly. But this has the silliness without the smart i don't know if that make if that's a really a good review yeah good yeah and that, that's what i meant like originally when i was like it's not do. like like a, yeah yeah that's what i meant by like this isn't a smart movie like it's not you don't have to be in on the gags you don't have to you know they're definitely not trying to play jokes up to people yeah. that are in the know these but, are just really silly gags but i don't know if they just hit me the right way but there are some straight up like like you python-esque know. gags i mean one of them that i think is kind of straight out of something they would do is the the band of Indian Braves or Native Americans that are, you know, coming, uh, that Edwards mm-hmm. and Hunt get to, you know, go back and rescue the rest of their party, and they're a bunch of like small, feeble old men essentially. Um, yeah, it's it's another one of the like really hilarious moments. I actually don't even care for it that much when they actually like start being able to like fight and you know kick the crap out of everyone, which is kind of funny. It's the moments leading up mm-hmm. to that as they're like, you know, I am one of those braves. <laughs> um, yeah, I just... Uh... Well, yeah, or, or even the, the scene in the beginning when they're, when they're like, getting ready to actually all get on the ships and, and go down river and everything. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about, well, why are we going there? We could go to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, let's go to New Orleans. Yeah, I've been to New Orleans once. It was awesome. Yeah. We should all go. The, let's go to New Orleans. The food alone is worth the trip. <laughs> the, food, the food alone is worth the trip. <laughs> so you know, all, yeah, it's all the guys like get that, the boats where... and start going down river to New Orleans. Yep. They yeah, lose like I mean, 90% that, that of their is a very Python. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's... Yeah, and that's, that's a very Python-style comedy. You know, and I you found can, that you in... You can hear that being said with British accents. Yep. At, at multiple moments in this film, there are things that remind me of Monty Python. Like I said, it's not quite that cerebral or that... Uh, um, well, I don't know. I mean, not that not that Monty Python always is. I mean, it gets called, like, you know, nerd, smart guy humor, but it's, it's often just the most childish silliest stuff in the world too so um this movie has a sense of silliness that reminds me of that and i don't think that was a real popular style of humor at the time and it especially didn't gel well with what chris farley normally did i think chris farley's fine in this movie um he fits in just fine he did there's nothing wrong with what he's doing in the film i just don't think the people it didn't connect with its audience i don't think i think a different cast in this same film where they didn't rework the script for it to feature Farley more often, um, maybe you would have had a better movie. I mean, you, you have a, you certainly have a great director um, who is has gone on to direct, you know, successful comedy films. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, I just don't think it was the right movie at the right time, and perhaps there was some things that didn't quite work in it, but um, I've never really loved... Uh, the character of what was his name the conquistador character in, oh oh um, yeah kevin it? dunn's character yeah kevin dunn is who i yeah i was going for his um yeah i never really loved kevin's dunn kevin dunn's character that much and didn't really find his whole like hair obsessing and then I don't know. I mean, it ends up being kind of funny. He's like actually fat bald guy, but you know, whatever. Um, that whole kind of subplot seemed odd in the movie. Like it didn't even need, really need to be there. It probably yeah. in the original script was either more developed or was probably more developed and a little more important to the plot. But mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, like you said, though, the reviews for this one were were harsh. I mean. Well, I, that's why I wanted to bring up, unfortunately, bring up Holmes and Watson again for a minute and just kind of get, like, hash out between the two of us. Like, why Why is it that we both love this movie and this movie is very funny to me and obviously to you as well? Um, and something like Holmes and Watson, I just, I just really didn't care for at all. Like, there was nothing that I found amusing in that movie at all. Because on paper there's a lot of similarities between these two. They're 
there are, yeah. you know, historical comedies made with contemporary comedy stars that don't really take its historical setting super seriously. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and so they're they're very similar films in a lot of ways, and they came out to very similar reviews. Like this one was just torn apart. I don't think that anyone had anything good to say about it. Um, I still think it's Rotten Tomato score is probably really awful. I didn't actually look it up, but um, yeah, it, uh, the Rotten Tomato score is eight percent based on forty reviews. Yeah. yeah, so it's only a little bit yeah, better it's than pretty. <laughs> which an eight yeah. percent can be better than something amazingly, but. It is still a little bit better than Holmes and Watson at a zero, but yeah. Well, and I think I don't know. I, I was I was thinking about that too, like because this clearly is. There's a lot of similarities, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's just there's something about it. I think it's. I don't know. I mean, it, it it's actually not all Chris Farley gags that make this one funny. No, and that's why I mean, I think... he has a number of really good ones. But it's some of the other things. It's it's the it's some of the actual supporting characters that are the funniest. Now, I already mentioned like the eagle scene with Chris Farley. Yes, that you know that's a, yes. a, an amusing part. The whole, you know, I'm gonna name this bend in the river thing. You know, the Welsh horror. Blah, blah, he's blah, got that, a lot of he's got good. a lot of good lines. You know, I guess now you'll agree. Drinking he, has its benefits. Is another good one. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. You know, and and I think there's but but I think some of the the minor characters in it have some really good good scenes you know the whole thing with pratt and bidwell and and you know the food alone is worth the trip and <laughs> i ate the sheep shit and all that's you know all of these are i, I don't know at least brother. to me maybe maybe my humor yeah. our humor is just really that low brow okay and there's but, certainly a sense of nostalgia about this movie for me because this is when i discovered like oh i don't remember how old i would have Let's see what year. It was 98, so I would have been, you know, 14, 13, 14 years old when I saw this the first time. And Mm. I'm sure I watched this, you know, with you and with other friends of ours. And we all were constantly quoting things from this movie. And and so that helps it grow in humor, I think, is when you have like a kind of rapport with your friends where you're you know you all kind of enjoyed this movie together and then you talk about it a lot and you say things from it and um, i still say things from it sometimes so it's funny you mentioned the white water in the morning thing because that's one i'll just say to people randomly every once in a while too so (laughs) because it's such a good what the hell kind of (laughs) line um but so i i don't want to i don't want to try and defend it too much and say it's not nostalgic because nostalgia is certainly a part of why i love this movie so much but i still think it's better a lot better movie than holmes and watson and i'm still trying to put my finger on why that is well competent competent filmmaking is one of them (laughs) like it's you know at least can tell a coherent story and has although the plot is kind of basic and not super important to the jokes of the movie necessarily but it 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 works from beginning it's got a beginning middle end it's got some characters in fact it's got like you said before it's got a strong ensemble cast another thing holmes and watson is lacking um yeah anyway i i still can't put my finger on like why why you know criticism as a whole or you know people watching those two movies don't see a difference between them and maybe they do it's a difference between a zero percent and eight percent but (laughs) um not that i put all that you know all of the stock in Rotten Tomato scores, but in general, that's in any any scoring you go and look at. That's kind of where it's where it's at. Um, well, and and I think you know, also personally for me, again, I, I'm not going to say I'm like a Chris Farley diehard Chris Farley fan, though maybe I I should because I do have a DVD <laughs> of like Best of Chris Farley on SNL. I loved yeah. him in Wayne's World, and I've seen everything he's been in except Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> um, and actually, I love his character in Dirty Work as well, which was his really last yeah. film role. Yeah. Almost Heroes in 98 was his last starring role. Dirty Work came out shortly after he was uncredited. It was a, a you know it came out after he had passed. Mm-hmm. And it's his final film role, and, and he's got some great parts in that too. But... I, I think the fact that Almost Heroes is kind of this forgotten film with him, and it, it has some some humorous moments. There's the nostalgia there that that kind of mm-hmm. helps me 
it helps put it a little higher for me i think yeah it's it's one of those that's tough for me because i really really like this movie and i really legitimately think it's a funny movie and then to like i recommend it to people and then they you know to sit with someone and watch it they they are totally not enjoying it is (laughs) unfortunate but that's happened to me a a few times with almost heroes so um yeah i don't know it's uh it's one that i like quite a bit and uh yeah yeah other if you had to give it a letter grade what do you think (laughs) um like i said it's not a perfect movie but i'm gonna go with a uh b plus on this one um there's enough wrong with it for it not to get an a i suppose it's it's certainly not perfect 100 percent. but this thing keeps me laughing pretty much from the moment it starts through the you know end of the film as they fade out with them you know going on beyond Mm -hmm. the pacific which is not the way the script ended by the way if you i don't know if you read about that on wikipedia but um yeah so yeah and it also they're they're changing the ending of the film uh caused the character of jonah um to disappear he was supposed to come back in in the other ending of the from the actual script um but you just never see him again so Hmm. (laughs) um yeah anyway huh yeah, I, I think I'd have to probably yeah, it's it's a B, somewhere between a B and a B plus. It's yeah, and again, and I, I acknowledge that most of that's probably for yeah personal nostalgia. But I I would like more people to see this, and I'm curious how many people actually do have the same kind of feeling. Like yeah, some of these, it's like I would I want more people to see it because I want to know really is it just nostalgia for me? Or are these jokes not funny? But I just have like a weird thing about them <laughs> or. I think you have to be have a little bit of a silly sense of humor because there is a lot of. It's not all just slapstick or regular Chris Farley stuff, like you know. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of that, but there, yeah. yeah, there's enough of that to keep you you happy if that's what you want out of it. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, silly like a Monty Python movie, kind of. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of compared to. Well, it. I know it's not that... even a great comparison, but. Well, it has been the the humor style from what I read from one of the the producers. They were aiming for was not Monty Python specifically, but Black Adder. Oh yeah, okay, I which heard is it. similar. Yep, yeah. You know, there are some similarities there. I think they were aiming for that, but they ended up with Matthew Perry for is, is he holds the role. He's doing fine, uh, but it was an odd pair. Yeah. It was an it was an odd pair for those two. It was really kind of strange. I I did read that they tried to get Hugh Laurie. They mm-hmm. tried to get Hugh Grant, and they also tried to get Bill Murray. Yeah, for that yeah. character, and and uh, I guess Hugh Laurie couldn't because he was busy with something else in England at the time. But the other two turned it down, and ultimately they gave it to Matthew Perry, which is it is an odd choice. I mean, the only other thing I remember other than Friends, which I didn't watch, but yeah. Um, the only other thing I know that he really was uh, whole nine yards films, right? Um, which he was pretty good in too. I actually really did enjoy those films as well. But so he's not like an actor I dislike. Yeah, I just, I just... Uh, it, this was an odd choice. But I don't know. I, it never bothered me. It was kind of a nice breath of fresh air. I didn't want to see another necess- after Black Sheep. I didn't really want to see another David Spade, Chris Farley movie because it was obvious that that was such a cash in off of Tommy Boy. Yeah, this is definitely a different film. Um, and it, it is a little hard seeing Farley wear himself so rough. I mean, you can you can tell he's on more than one substance. Oh yeah. While making this one, uh, or at least struggling through some stuff, uh, and it's not just makeup. Because I was trying to really think about that. Like, oh, he looks really rough. He is playing a mountain man. Perhaps that's it. It's like, nah, he looks like a mountain man on a on a coke binge. Yep. Um, <laughs> which is kind of what he was doing at the time, I assume. But. Um, but, you know, I said it once and I'll say it again. It, it is a real shame. I would love to know how his career would have gone had he kind of cleaned up. And, uh, you know, also, and I should bring up that the, the week that we're recording this is also, I believe, uh, the anniversary of John Candy passing away. Yep. Yeah, another Another great actor from, from the 80s and, uh, you know, there's been some comparisons to him and Chris Farley and John Belushi quite a lot. Yeah. And, yeah, they're all kind of in a similar... Not just big guys, but, you know, these lovable lovable actors that, yeah. that did some slapstick. And, well, and I think Chris yeah. Farley was a good combination kind of between the two. He had John Candy's kind of lovability with Belushi's yeah. intensity. <laughs> like, um, And, yeah, he just... Um, 
Yeah, he was a super talented guy, and I think it shows in his work, even though I don't think all of his work was, you know, fantastic. He didn't get a chance to, like, you know, break out of his SNL kind of character or what he did. Uh, he just wasn't around for right. long enough. And I think he was a super talented guy, and I, I actually think if had he kept acting and been able to get his personal life under control or from dragging him down, um, I think he would have got on to do some pretty impressive things i mean who knows he might have even ended up in the dramatic realm at some point which usually people that are you know drive themselves with that kind of intensity end up being pretty good i know people are probably rolling their yeah. eyes like yeah <laughs> but you know who knows who knows what would happen so yeah what what's your favorite chris farley film or have you seen almost heroes what's your opinion of it do you find it legitimately funny or are we just stuck in in nostalgia land feel free to uh send us an email at video are we stuck in nostalgia land look at the goddamn podcast uh video junkyard podcast at gmail.com you can find us on facebook uh download our episodes at soundcloud under video junkyard podcast or send us a tweet at video junk pod which is our and, and everybody out there and i don't even know if i talked to you about this yet joe but i think it's a good idea and you can veto it and we can edit it out of the episode if it's not but um <laughs> i think everybody out there that's listening to the uh the podcast start coming up with some ideas i think we're going to do another round of audience picks yes but i think instead of doing just what's your favorite forgotten movie like we did last time i think i want to see what the audience's most like messed up or twisted movie they've ever seen or something that just really messed with your head um what is that kind of movie that just you know literally fucked you up and you couldn't you were never the same since you saw it um (laughs) And we're gonna let's see if it fucks we're us watch those. too. We're we'll pick a couple of those to watch and see if you know you can ruin our lives as well. Now, not yeah. ruin necessarily it can be a good thing too, but um, yeah. So start thinking of ideas. I don't. We're gonna get that on the schedule at some point coming up in the first half of this year at some time. But yeah, if you have an idea, um, shoot it to us at any point, and uh, I'll get some stuff up on social media also to uh, yeah. That, yeah, I, I like prompting you guys to send those in. Yeah, no, you didn't bring this up before the show, but I'm actually totally fine with this. I think this is a great idea. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's almost like a yeah. challenge. Like, what can we, what can we, uh, we sit through? <laughs> it's like that. It's 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 almost like the, uh, the Momo challenge that I notice you've been enraged about or something lately. It's really weird. Not your reaction to no, it. the, the whole thing is really. Well, weird. actually, it came from a bit of correspondence that I had with. Uh, cult filmmaker jim warnowski actually oh and uh he's actually working on from the little bit that i've 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 gotten from from him from his posts on facebook and his his small bit of correspondence with me um is working on a has written and is is putting into production in three weeks a movie called momo strikes back based on the momo phenomenon so oh wow i've been kind of pushing some of that stuff based you know that he's he's posting up to kind of support the, the the film and Knowing, knowing the way he works, he'll probably have it done in about a month, and it'll be, <laughs> we can check it out. So that sounds cool. Not literally a month, I'm, but yeah. So that sounds awesome. But yeah, that's um, that's why I've been kind of posting the Momo stuff. I I don't know much more about it than, I, you know, I read an article, a couple news articles about it, and then I started seeing, uh, yeah, Jim Warnowski's stuff. So about it, yeah, people, <laughs> that he's doing the movie. Pe- so people are nuts. That's what I've gathered from it. <laughs> yes yeah that of course but freaking out but <laughs> but anyway i want to thank everybody for tuning in and uh like i said feel free to give us a drop us a line and let us know what you think we're always eager to hear the feedback and if you write it we'll read it but as always this is the video junkyard podcast and i am joe peterson i'm eric O'Branson. everybody have a good evening on saturday night my man would always deliver whether you was the bumblebee girl or living in a van down by the river. He loved the bears and did the dance at Chippendales with Swayze. When they replaced his coffee with Folgers, he went fucking crazy. The sexiest gap girl and me loping the bear. Without him, there'd be no lunch lady in lunch lady land. You know what I'm thinking about, thinking about my boy Chris. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner.
You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast. All one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. <laughs>